not so much. Nope. Blog Talk Radio. Who's even here? This is Over the Top Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. Hey, good morning, and happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody, and thank you for starting your holiday with Over the Top Sports Radio on the Saturday morning, March 17th. I'm your host, Robbie D. My host to my left, Big Mike. My host to my right, Vinny the Shark, wearing all green today. He's in the holiday spirit. Goon is here. Thank you for getting us up on Facebook Live, just in time to hear the end of Glorious, and we want you guys to get involved with us for the next 90 minutes. We're going to be talking sports, NCAA basketball, NFL, MLB, maybe a little NBA and NHL as well. Um, Free agency and football was big this week, so get involved with us at 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. Got the nice little echo going there, Vinny. I see that you've been to the the Goon uh, School of Producing there with a little reverb there. But just want to ask you guys, uh, how's everybody's brackets doing? Because it seems like everybody's bracket was busted. Uh, a lot of upsets. Where we have five uh, or six double-digit seeds in the tournament still. And uh, last night, for the first time ever, we had a number 16 team beating a number one team, Virginia. We knew they had lost their biggest player. But come on, they lose to the Retrievers, and they got blown out in doing so. Uh, first time ever, 135 and uh, oh, the one seed was against the 16. And now we saw some history, so... If a 16 can beat a 1, anything can happen in sports. As Michael Kay would say, history with an exclamation point. <laughs> we have never seen a 16 seed beat a 1. And, boy, if there's one thing I could have preached about Virginia, did I see them going out first round? Hell no. But I told everybody about Virginia, why they are not going to win the national title, was they cannot come back when they are trailing. If they were down 10 points, this is not an offensive uh, team that has the willpower that can come back into a game. UMBC – they proved us wrong here. Uh, well, it proved me right in that case, but they proved the, the country wrong by defeating Virginia. This is a huge, huge deal. It's historic. It's never been done before. And anybody in that east bracket, uh, the south bracket, I'm sorry, of the region, um, absolutely terrible for their brackets because you either had Virginia or Arizona, who also went down by the number 13 seed, Buffalo. And I was one of those Arizona guys. So I was happy to see Virginia go down because that means not a lot of people are getting points over me now in the final four because – Arizona and Virginia were easily the two number one uh, teams picked there. And I had the I had Cincinnati winning the region, but look at all my exes already. I mean, and I hate Virginia, Cincinnati, Arizona, everybody's out prime of shape. Robert. They've got to win I that. I think Cincinnati sucks. I think they're very overrated. They were in a really close game with Georgia State yesterday, but um, this is their bracket to win now, hands down, with no Arizona and no Virginia. They just got to do their their work at the bottom of that region, and they should have no problem getting to the Final Four. I'm still not riding with them, though. And, Mike, this wasn't, you know, your typical upset where they, you know, had to hit a last-second shot. This was just a blowout. This was a game that, as you kept watching or you started hearing about, because you probably weren't tuned in from the beginning of 1 versus 16, you say, wow, this might actually happen to, there's no way Virginia's coming back. It just kept getting worse for Virginia, to be honest with you. Uh, It never seemed to be getting better. And uh, UMBC actually shot 54% from the field and 50% from three. It just seemed like uh, anytime Virginia got even a little bit momentum, there was UMBC to to nail a three from the corner. So uh, 
it was awesome. And it, Vinny, you're right. It did not look like a last seed versus top seed. It was a mismatch. And Jarris Lyles, uh, 28 points, going to make a name for himself. He's going to be the darling now of the tournament. I don't care what they do going forward. Um, you've seen a 15 team. You've seen all the other ones win. But to see the 16 seed do it. And the funny thing about Lyles is both of his parents graduated from Virginia. You, uh, you see teams make their, their names like this. You've seen uh, Florida Gulf Coast a couple years ago, George Mason that we all know about. No one's ever going to forget UMBC now. That's, uh, they're, they're apparently a chess school. And now they are notorious for being the first ever 16 seed to knock out a one. And their Twitter was amazing last night. If you, if you didn't catch their Twitter, uh, they called John Heyman out. They called everybody out that said, who is UMBC? They were quick to answer, and uh, their responses were amazing. All the coverage was great because it was all spur of the moment. Nobody was like, oh, let's interview these UMBC fans before the game or after the game. No one was expecting them to get any coverage at all, and here they are. They deserve the press is on the front page of everything. Congratulations, UMBC, and goodbye, Virginia. And what about all the betters in uh, Vegas? Now, you had the betters that, you know, threw a couple bucks down just saying, hey, it's a 16 versus one. What were they getting? Plus 2,500? Is that what it was? Uh, Something crazy. around plus 25, yeah. Um, and then you got the stupid idiots that are out there throwing out a couple thousand bucks. What, somebody tweeted, what, to win $12? We tweeted it, yeah. $12? <laughs> this guy did? Now that what is, is the point? That is a bad bet. No, that's the stupid idiot of the year. I'm calling my 1300 here, but I need that 12. That $12 <laughs> really bad. Let me risk it for the 12. What a, what an idiot. Uh, so those guys, I mean, good for them. And this is just the beginning. I mean, Vinny, I wasn't here for the tournament preview show on uh, Monday, but um, this was a tournament that had upsets written all over it, even more than last year. And it kind of seemed to live up to the bill. Absolutely. It absolutely did. Virginia was the hands-down number one seed, and they got the right uh, – seeding. It's not like they got the wrong 16 seed. They just came out there. They didn't play well. UMBC outplayed them. But um, in terms of this, there's no clear cut. This is the best team. A lot of people like Villanova. So that's why this is such an open bracket. And the first round really illustrated that. And two 13 seeds moving on as well. You already touched on Arizona moving to the Buffalo Bulls. So I'm sure that the, that was going to be the biggest. Yeah. The so those round. tailgaters up there broke some tables. You saw about that, but your thoughts on that. And also Wichita state losing the Marshall winning their first ever game in the tournament. Yeah. Arizona was my pick to go to the final four. Uh, a lot of people have in their finals. I'm going to surprise me. If they got to the finals, but they were my final four pick out of that region. Uh, very, they just Buffalo just completely outplayed them. And I think Arizona started giving up when they were, when they had no chance, like down by 10 with like three minutes, they just started, you know, getting really careless with the ball. But for them having the best player, arguably, in the whole entire bracket in Aiton, uh, that was a really disappointing loss for Arizona. And they were such a popular pick, Rob. But Buffalo, they came out. They could score that team. And nobody gives the, the MAC conference any love. But here they go. They go out there and they beat the Pac-12 champions. Buffalo marches on. Big-time upset. As for Wichita State, I'm not too surprised with that one. Not I didn't shocked? Wichita State. No, I'm not shocked. But they got shocked by Marshall wearing their jersey today. Randy Moss pride over here, uh, college football, wearing the green. But a uh, big win by Marshall. I didn't think Marshall had what it took to uh, beat Wichita State. But I knew if Wichita were to go against a power conference team, they would have lost. But did I have them going out first round? Absolutely not. And we got, um, you know, some big matchups, of course, coming up today and tomorrow. Anything that you're looking forward to? What game are you looking forward to seeing the most? I mean, I guess we're going to have to wait till tomorrow night and see how UMBC fares against Kansas State. That's going to be the team everybody's going to want to watch. Can they do it again and make it to the Sweet 16? But as far as today also is concerned, what do you have in your mind? What are the games that you're looking forward to? And uh, also, congratulations, because I know that it got a little cold when we tweeted it, but you did throw out there the first half unders, and it started at 8-0. and 
Uh, the rest of the day it went 500, but still that's not bad. If people jumped on board late, hey, that's their problem. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, it opened eight and zero, and I'm pretty sure it finished twenty and eight overall wow. these first half unders. So definitely keep at that. The teams look at first half unders. I love Florida and Texas Tech as a first half under. And tomorrow night, anytime Syracuse is, is playing college basketball, you take that first half under. Nobody. Except when I was in Vegas, <laughs> I took it against Boston College, and uh, they scored a thousand points. Very rarely does that happen. The, the two-three zone is very hard to figure out at first, and Syracuse is not an offensive juggernaut by any means. But uh, in they terms shouldn't of even beat that issue. I really think Michigan, the uh, main event today of the round round two at uh, the nightcap, Michigan and Houston is going to be an absolute great game. Big bracket implications. Uh, hell of a players on each each team. That's going to be an absolute amazing game. Uh, I expect Kansas to advance on. I want to see Buffalo, how they do against Kentucky now. That's going to be fun. And uh, Alabama, Colin Sexton might be the best player on the floor against the uh, bad Villanova Wildcats. So I like Alabama to actually cover. And then we got North Carolina against Texas A&M tomorrow. It's going to be fun. These spreads are really, really tough to bet. So my suggestion to everybody out there is tease your dogs up. And uh, your UNC uh, getting through easy. They didn't have to worry about Lipscomb. I know I saw somebody chirping you a little bit on Twitter. The first 10 uh, minutes, they were actually losing most of the first But that, that goes hand in hand with your whole theory on betting the under in the first half. A little bit jitters, teams playing very hard defensively. Maybe just you're shopping off a little bit as a team. But once they seem to get uh, going, uh, they seem to find that flow they pretty They just finally easily. got their run, as most of these uh, – High seeds do, except for Virginia. They went on their little run, and then they let's come kind of come back from that. UNC got the job done. And last one for me, which one of these teams that came up with the upset, whether it's Loyola, who we didn't even speak about beating Miami, that's an 11-6. That's, like, that's close to being able to go anyway. Uh, obviously, UMBC or uh, any of these other teams that had an upset, these double-digit seeds, do you see being able to make it to the Sweet 16? Is it Marshall? Is it Loyola? Is it UMBC? Uh, anybody that you have in mind, Buffalo, or are these teams probably uh, going to be a one-and-done? Loyola, I could see over Tennessee, and I can also see Xavier losing to FSU, and FSU is a nine. Uh, the rest, I think the, the higher seeds should advance. Whether they cover or not is a different story, though. All right, so make sure to keep uh, tuned into our Twitter as Vinny will put his free plays up there throughout the weekend and the rest of the tournament. And, of course, on Monday night, we'll break down what will be the Sweet 16 and all the maybe upsets and the craziness that goes on in the next four uh, 24 hours, maybe even 48 hours, I guess, as uh, we not the we cut the, the tournament in half. You go from 64, you know, down to 16, so it's even more than half. They cut it in half already, cut it in half again to 16, and uh, that's where you start to get the real fun. And, hey, if you're winning in your bracket, it's probably, you know, the person at the work job that picked their favorite colors or their favorite <laughs> mascots because there's no rhyme or reason right now to have a whole bunch of points in the tournament where they've lost a one seed. They've lost a couple of uh, three seed, uh, four seeds already. So uh, if you're winning, congratulations to you, but hope that your luck continues to extend because it is all luck at this point. It really is. Yeah, it's a, it's a big crapshoot, but we'll see uh, which of the high seeds uh, make it far, uh, farthest because, it's, I mean, people in their bracket pools, that's pretty much what you got. You have your chalk in the final four, so who's going to get the right one seed? Who's going to get the right two seed in there? And we'll see who the, uh, who comes out of the final four. It's going to be interesting. Uh Expect some more upsets. It's, this is such a fun bracket, guys, because of these upsets. We had two humongous, well, more than two, but Arizona and uh, Virginia, absolute two biggest upsets we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and we'll continue to see if they go. We'll see if Cinderella joins us, and we'll talk about that on Monday night as well. And, uh, Mike, the other thing that happened this week was we had our one exciting week in the NFL until we get close to the draft. I mean, started with the Combine. We talked about that for a while, and we got all up in arms about Saquon and all the records he broke. Then you had this, this 
First of all, the NFL system is so stupid. You know where everybody's signing before the tampering period. Why they would even call it a tampering period, even though it's legal, is stupid to me. Because if it's legal, it's not tampering. But we saw all the, you know, names come down, and we've had uh, a couple surprises. But, you know, your thoughts on free agency. I know you spoke about it a lot on Monday, but there have been some big moves since then and uh, really have shaped the NFL. And, uh, and you know what? Some of these teams we're seeing where they're going. Nobody has had a worse year if you're a fan, then Miami, because they've just completely torn it down. They're going nowhere this year. That's my opinion. But what have your impressions been? I agree. I mean, we did the show Monday. It was just Vinny and I, and we both said, hey, Barkley's going one. We were convinced. And now after the Carlos Hyde signing, I'm convinced the Giants are getting Barkley and that it'll be Sam Darnold going one. So it just shows you what a, a week makes there. Some big signings. Uh, Jimmy Graham to the Packers, which you called a while ago. Uh, that just seems like such a perfect fit there. Uh, he hasn't had a, a tight end, uh, you know, athletic like Jimmy Graham, and I couldn't tell you. Um, the whole Crabtree uh, getting released because Jordy went there. So just an absolute busy week. The surprise for me, and uh, I'll be a little bit homer on this, is uh, it's Holger going to the Giants. I did not think that they were going to have the financial resources to bring him in. And then it also came out that the Patriots offered uh, very close on the money. So why would you leave that situation? Uh, that, to me, is the big surprise of the week. Something big had to go on that locker room during the Super Bowl, right, with Malcolm Butler and uh, the big loss and everything? <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess everything's all fun when you're winning, and then once you lose, and the way you lost in the Super Bowl, I guess that changes some things. But you're right. It was very interesting to see the money similarity and him to pick the Giants over the New England Patriots, AFC Conference champions, and the number two overall draft pick. Interesting (laughs) to see that. But, I mean, absolute great signing by the New York Giants, mandatory signing by the New York Giants, and they struck out on Norwell. They went for the next best guy, and they got it done. Justin Pugh, on the other hand, we were not able to bring him back. It's too bad because he wasn't getting too much money. Is five years, $45 million. That's $9 million a year, and we don't know what the guarantee is. Uh, that's an affordable contract for a pretty good player. However, he doesn't stay on the field very much, so that's something we, you know, he's always battled injuries. But I was always dying to see him not as our best offensive lineman on our line. But I wish him the best over there in Arizona. Hey, he was a, you know, a first-round pick from Syracuse, and you're right. We, he was not bad, but he was never a guy that lived up to the billing of a first-round pick that anchored your line. And it would have been nice to see him playing with Salder and uh, all these guys um, that hopefully they bring in. Hopefully there's some more moves to make. I wanted him to stay. He was the one cog. We lost Richburg. We lost Pugh. Um, but we still have guys like Flower. So we've taken uh, two first-round pick offensive linemen in the last few years, and the one that was decent is gone, and Flowers is still there. I don't know if he's going to end up getting they cut. They signed another lineman for three years, Patrick Almama. Yeah. Right, uh, the guy from Jacksonville. He was, he was Norwell took his job. He was undrafted. This is his fourth team, so don't expect too much from him. Right, guys. well, Norwell, who the Giants wanted, goes to Jacksonville for huge money and takes this guy's job. Right. So this guy now needs a place to go, so the Giants are like, hey, come play with us. You know, we're, we're basically open tryouts for offensive line. But, you know, when you, first of all, the thing about Solder that was crazy was he was the one that made everybody know that the Patriots and Giants offered him similar money, and he chose the Giants over them. So there had to be something there that he wanted everybody to know, hey, I didn't go to the highest bidder. Right. I, this is where I wanted to be over New England, which is a little curious when he's protecting uh, Tom Brady over there going to the Super Bowl every season. Um, secondly, I'm a little bit surprised that Brandon Marshall wasn't cut. And I liked Marshall, and I wanted him to be there. He was not good for the Giants. I didn't like his time here so far. I don't mind him getting another year, but I thought that he might be a guy that they cut, go with the younger receiver in that area, or, you know, use a mid-round draft pick on one, and uh, use that money to get a Tyron Matthew, who ended up not coming here and going to Houston for cheap money, or using that money to help the offensive line again. I'm a little bit surprised. I think they really want to go with that experiment with uh, Shep in the slot and Odell as the one. Because we all, like we all said, that's the best thing Marshall brings to the team, what he does for the other two wide receivers, than what he actually brings himself. 
which is a lot of drops apparently and an injury. But uh, they're going to give it another crack, and if they can get Barkley, and now they have a new offensive line, let's. This is the time to make it work. Obviously, it's a one-year deal, and we only got what two or three more years out of Eli Manning. They got to give it a shot. The Giants are they're in win-now mode, like you mentioned the other day, Rob. They're in win-now mode, even with that second pick. They're not rebuilding these quarterbacks. You can't be taking a quarterback here, too. I don't care. Not you if you're trying to win now. You got another two, three years with Eli Manning. And listen, these quarterbacks suck. Every single mock draft I see. We've said a, it all year. It's a different one who's going number one overall. It's a different quarterback. Who's the best one? It went from it started with Sam Darnold going in the year. Then it was Josh Rosen. Now it's Josh Allen. Now it's Dr. Darnold. No, I mean, nobody can figure out which one of these quarterbacks is the best in the class. So people are going to be making a mistake when they pick this. Uh, I mean, these quarterbacks are unproven. We don't know what they're going to get out of them. I like the Giants not going for a quarterback and trying to win that. And I'm shocked that everybody thinks it's going to be Darnold now. And, and you're right to think it because guys out there like Adam Schefter are saying it. Schefter came out, and I heard the audio. He said straight up the Browns are taking a quarterback at number one, and it's probably going to be Sam Darnold. And if Schefter says something, I believe it. That means Saquon's going to be there for the Giants. And you're right. If you're building to win now, you don't take the quarterback. Hey, if you're doing what the Dolphins are doing, you take the quarterback because they're starting from scratch. They got rid of Sue. They got rid of Landry. They got rid of all uh, Pouncey yeah, on the offensive line. Robert Quinn. I don't, don't get, get it. it. Well, that's, <laughs> it doesn't make that's any what happens when you're the, there's your little skull, guys. But <laughs> that's what happens. The baby doing skull. But that's what happens when, uh, you know, you have 35 that's the best owners. That's I've been in ever. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we Well, when, when you have the we crazy ownership that the Dolphins have had that just don't know what they're doing, they have like, you know, 40 different celebrities have 1% of the team. And then they got a couple. Yeah, you know, they're just not. You would have thought when it. they traded Ajayi last year, Tannehill's uh, out with the injury. That would have been your more of a rebuild mode. Now you trade Landry and uh, and you bring in some more draft picks. But why go get Robert Quinn then? It makes zero sense to me at all. And uh, and I give them dropping answers. a two because they overpaid him. Exactly. So that, that's, that's fine. But they take that. a cap hit with you know cutting him anyway. Breaking news: Jets just traded up to number three in the draft. Wow, is that real? It's I've seen him multiple times from uh, verified sources. Joe Dolan and Rich Simini. Simini. Yeah, he's legit. Uh, no, he's the Jets beat writer. And, uh, hmm. That's oh, a big time move. Jets tweeted something and then deleted it. Because they retweeted it, but then it says the tweet is unavailable from the original source. But they both tweeted it. Um, <laughs> so we'll look into that. We are looking into uh, that. So it's a possible. It's let possible. me tell you right now that. It's official here. The Jets are trading up the number three pick. That would be and absolutely. Didn't give up the, the Colts six. actually have tweeted it. So it's from the Colts. The Jets received the third overall yep. pick. And the Colts received the, the sixth overall the Colts get. The second oh. round, uh, 37th overall. Second round, 49th overall. And a 2019 second round pick. So the Colts drop back to sixth overall and uh, collect three more picks. One like being next Indy. year. Actually, two this year of second and one next year of second. So, three second-round picks to move up three spots. So, there so you go. Cool. That's, that's the quarterback. The Jets, the Jets are, Jets are going to get the quarterback that the Browns don't take. It's going to be Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. Agreed. It's absolutely going to be Allen or Rosen is going to be there for the Jets at three, and they're going to take that guy. And they didn't wait till till draft day to do it, which I'm shocked. Um, good, good haul for the Colts because – if Andrew Luck is healthy, you don't need to take – you're not going to take a quarterback at three. So to move down three spots um, and you get what? You got the second – you said the second and the third round pick out of it? Two seconds two this seconds. year and wow. a second next year. That, that's a great haul. That's a great haul. To go back three spots. And, I mean, who are they looking uh, – Chubb maybe or uh, the corner or uh, – I mean, it's great. It's a great move for I don't the think they, I don't think the Jets had to do that to move up. I mean, the, Browns, one of those the Browns are taking one of the quarterbacks. Who's taking one in front of them? 
Well, you know that the Broncos, the Broncos are taking a quarterback. They are 100% taking a quarterback. You have to. And if and if by chance. The why Giants does nobody do, love my boy Case Keenum? Because why? He's, he's why does nobody love him? He's always tied for two years. They got to they got to match him out right now. He's always tied for two years. John Elway is not pissing up his chance to get Listen, one of his quarterbacks. And the Jets also might like a quarterback better than others. They so don't the want what's left the, over. And the Jets want the pick of the second quarterback. And while we might say it, there's a lot of sentiment out there that the Giants might take a quarterback. And then and, someone else can trade up and take that pick, and the Jets don't get anything. And if the and if the Browns take one, the Giants take one, and the Broncos take one, now they're stuck with maybe Baker Mayfield or somebody that might have been their fourth guy in their chart. I just want so to know. So it's a smart move for both you teams. You bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Josh McCown, Hackenberg is there, Petty is there, and you're going to draft another quarterback. That might be the best quarterback competition of all time come training. They're going to have eight quarterbacks. Seven quarterbacks on their roster. They're not going to have enough snaps for them all. <laughs> Didn't did they already uh, promise one of them? To McCown is going to be the starter. So yeah. now, can any of them kick? Now, if you're a New York football <laughs> fan, you got the second and third overall picks in the draft. Uh, all right, so this is going to be the craziest draft awesome. that New York has ever had, and it's in Dallas. And the draft used to always be in freaking New York. And imagine if it was still a Radio City Music Hall. And you had the Jets and, and, Giants, had the Jets and Giants picking two and three. It would have been insane. The it only, would have been fun. The only other we should have gone could, live there. The only other thing that you could say that the Jets moved up is because uh, the Bills were supposedly trying to get up into that top five uh, at all costs. And they wanted a quarterback also after trading Taylor. So, I mean, maybe the Jets, uh, you know, got a little scared and, and felt they weren't going to get the quarterback they wanted. Um, and, and they made the move. So, you better hope it pays off now with the. I like that move for Indiana. Indiana. I like it for both like teams. I think the Jets had to do it. I've been listen. I talked to my, uh, Jamie Stewart. The, uh, the, the he's been an anchor at News Twelve forever, and this guy is an encyclopedia about the Jets. We talk Jets football, Giants football every day, all day at work, and he is so adamant they have to get a quarterback. And he has gone through every scenario in the world how a guy he wants could fall to six, and he doesn't find one he likes. He said they had to trade up. I like that they didn't wait. Because the price is only going to go up closer to the draft because you're going to have other teams competing. Uh, so they pulled the trigger. Um, kind of makes me wonder why would they sign Bridgewater and uh, Bridgewater is only on a one-year deal. And McCown. McCown. I know it's, it's one-year five million, but makes no sense. The Bridgewater deal makes no sense. Everybody talks about McCown being like a really good offensive coach, like he's going to be a QB coach one day. So I get the veteran uh, leadership there from coming back one more year, and he did a good job with the Jets last year. So I get that. So he, I, I'm fine with McCown. He could even be a guy that, you know, mentors this guy. You know how they love the 38-year-old, 39-year-old mentor of a young quarterback, and McCown would be a good guy for that. But now you're going to have this guy's going to get, you know, no snaps basically like Mike brought up. There's not enough snaps in practice, you know, for whoever they get. And Bridgewater's not mentoring this guy. And Bridgewater's not going to be happy. This guy's playing for his career. He's not going to play at all next year now. Unless they're tricking us and they're not taking a quarterback. But I do There's not no know way why they made that trade, trade to not take, to not take They did not take it to take Bradley Chubb because that's the best guy available. If I the agree. Giants take Barkley and they're not taking quarterback, they're not doing it to take Chubb. What if they think the Giants are taking a quarterback and they want Barkley? That's not. They're not going to do it uh, now. Yeah, I don't think they're they, they make the either. trade draft day. True. I think it's for this quarterbacks. This is one billion percent. But you now have five quarterbacks that. This uh, is <laughs> a, as big a guarantee as the number one beating the number six. Wait, hold on. Oh. Never mind. Never mind. This is what it was before yesterday. That's how much it is about the Jets getting a quarterback. Adam Schefter just tweeted it, so it's official. Huge trade. Jets acquire number three overall pick from Colts for number six overall pick, 37th overall pick, 49th overall pick, and a 2019 second round pick. Mike was right with whatever he was reading before. So, but Schefter reports it, so it's official. And the Colts have a ton of holes. That roster sucks. Um, 
So I'm all for it, man. That is a good trade for the Colts. And you're Mike McCagney. Yep. You just put all your cards in the center. And, and I love that second round, or die. And second round pick next year is nice. And right. now when you look at what the Colts can do with this, we talked about this from the Jets side, and the Jets are going to take a quarterback. And you pay that price to move up three spots. That's why all the people that talked about a team like the Bills trading up to the Giants at number two, which was a huge rumor, right. they would have had to pay double. This is three spots to move up to three. The Bills are at 12. They traded that with Cincinnati to move up to 12 to move up nine spots to number two or 10 spots to number two, rather. And you're also uh, jumping two of your division rivals. In that they would have had to give up a, at least a couple first round picks in the second or something. But look at it from the Colts spot. One of these picks they're going to have to use to take a wide receiver. They have no wide receivers outside of T.Y. Hilton on that roster. And they just lost Dante Moncrief, too. I'm right. Sure. That's, well, that's what I'm so saying. They, they have nobody have no out there. And they need to give Andrew Luck some help in so many different areas, but they do need another receiver. So maybe instead of Chubb, now they're going to go Ridley over there at the sixth pick. You could see that. You could. You could see him taking – they could take Nelson. And that jumps in front of the Bears, who are expected to line Ridley. So. But they could take Nel- Quentin Nelson, too. I mean, they yeah. need offensive line more than anybody. They got, he they could got more the picks, six. and for the Colts, like we said, they, they suck. They have nothing besides a good quarterback who Mike doubts incredibly. Uh, they need – Multiple positions. They need a lot of help at a lot of positions. So they, they did that by getting more picks. Bob says he likes the Yankee hat. Um, I think Nelson is Thank the you, guy Bob. for them at number six. I mean, you're going to take the best offensive lineman in the draft, and he, there's not an offensive lineman going in the top five now. They, they would probably be better off with Nelson. I can see that. So. They've never taken a lineman like that, and they've always yeah. needed one. I think they're going to go with some sort of skilled players. So. They have to take – if they don't protect Andrew Luck, then they might as well not be in the they league. They haven't yet. They don't I care. know. So, if they haven't learned and from they it – protect uh, If last, last year they didn't teach – because last year they win that division going away if Luck plays eight games. We're still not even throwing a football. So we're I know, I know. So Mike, much says, on Mike doesn't think he'll ever be able to play in Turkey Bowl history. I said he wasn't going to play as a cult next year, and uh, I think I was wrong on that. But I'll tell you right now, he'll play less Listen, than half you, Listen, you get your pass on next year because you nailed it from the beginning about playing less than five games. Uh, you said it before the season. I was against you. I picked him in every league. I picked him low, and he didn't Mike was wrong with his love for the Browns, but he was spot on with his hate for the Colts this year. Well, the Browns will win five this year. Listen, as much homework as you could do about the Browns, they're still going to be the freaking Browns. And I'm telling you right now, Just from, you know, doing my homework on you. They're going to be a popular over coming up this season. I will be all over the under because they're going to get a little extra game or two that they shouldn't get coming out of zero wins. Uh, Vinny, I think you have the list of free agents. Let's run through them and – it was some pretty interesting. All right, there's a lot here. Should I do all the QBs? Because we pretty much know all that. Yeah, we can run. All right, through. Kirk Cousins, Vikings, three years, 84 mil. Yeah, go skull. Too much money, if you ask me. Rob? Um, it's the, the thing about that contract is how it's the first ever contract where every dollar is guaranteed. It's very, very uh, – I'd say it's a, a landmark contract in the NFL that's going to trade – change the way things are done here uh, going out. Yeah, I, I agree what, with that. What is Rodgers sure. getting after that? It's not even about the amount of money anymore. Ownership. Three years, hundred mil, it's all not, guaranteed. It's not even about the money. It's about the fact that every dollar is guaranteed, guaranteed. something that's never, ever happened in this really? era in the uh, NFL. <laughs> and now it's going to be what agents and players going forward in the next few years, whoever the biggest guy is, is going to be saying, hey, that team, they want to give me this. You have to give it to me all guaranteed or I'm going to go there. I think that's going to be the next big trend until someone gets seriously injured early on. Then it's going to be the, the players' like, unions have been fighting for this for a long time. So. It's going to be the trend until the next work stoppage. But don't forget, they were just locked out recently. So it didn't really cost them any games, but they just had the lockout where they had the dispute and they signed the new CBA. So when the next CBA comes out, 
how far this trend goes will tell you if that is going to lead to a lockout or a strike. So that's what I take out of that. I didn't mean to go on, but that's the most important part about that. Next that's quarterback, uh, this guy seems to find a job anywhere. Sam Bradford, another starting gig. Cardinals, one year, 20 mil. Yeah, they brought somebody else in there too, didn't they? Who was the other quarterback they brought in? Oh, um, It wasn't McCarron, was it? Henson, I think. Chase Daniels. They brought in another quarterback, and that quarterback no, situation went to the is, Bills. is even worse than the Jets situation. So Mike uh, Lennon. Mike Lennon. Yeah, there you go. Mike another Lennon. guy that always seems to find a job. Um, he did a good job with the Bears last year. I have no confidence in uh, Bradford or Glennon in Arizona. A.J. Um, McCarron Bills. A.J. McCarron Bills. He's the stopgap. I mean, he's going to be there, and they're going to see if they can, you know, kind of, you know, you know, catch lightning in the bottle with him while they wait for whoever they take at number 12 overall, which might be the Mar Jackson type, or we'll see who falls there. But whoever they take is going to have to wait a year or two behind McCarron, and he's going to finally get his chance to play quarterback as a starter in the NFL. Mike? Yeah, I'm just sick of hearing about him. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's put up a shut-up time for A.J. McCarron now. So yeah, let's go. Tyrod Taylor to the Browns. <laughs> Let's go, Brownies. Come on. It's a playoff quarterback last year that they acquired. Let's go, Browns. Um, that guy sucks. He doesn't turn the ball over. That guy sucks. But I could see him being a sneaky bi-week play in maybe two quarterback leagues or maybe even a 12-team league. He's the garbage man of the year. Well, I'm saying where he has a lot of garbage points. I could see him getting, uh, especially with the receivers he has out there in Landry and, uh, of course, your boy, Mike. Gordon uh, Coleman, Gordon. Nichoku. Yeah, I could see him putting up a, a better fantasy year, but he's still not a winner. He still sucks. And I'm going to give T-Mobile the benefit of the doubt. I think he gives the Browns one win this year. <laughs> uh, Case Keenum, my boy, Denver Broncos, two years, 36 milli. There's weapons there. I mean, Sanders is there. Demarius Thomas is there. Uh, they need a run game. Uh, the defense is aged. They just moved to lead. But uh, he went to a, a decent spot. Let's call it that, decent. Um. Let's see how he plays in the – listen, playing in mile high and in that weather and in that that air is going to be uh, different for him. I think he can do it. I think that um, nobody's going to be happier than owners of Demarius Thomas, like you said, because he's finally going to be relevant again. You saw what this guy did with uh, Diggs and with uh, my boy Thielen. Um, they're going to be they're going to be happy with him, but he's a stopgap also until, uh, let's just say, the, the guy that the Jets don't pick goes to Denver. And I think it sucks that he's not going to have the defense that uh, Trevor Simeon had over there to help him out and the run game that he had. But uh, I think he will definitely improve the Denver Broncos. He's a good system quarterback. He should get it done. No surprise here. Very quick. Drew Brees, Saints, two years, $50 million. Yeah, he said the whole time that that's where he was going to end up. He wanted to go there. It was basically a formality. A lot of money for him, but he's worth every penny. You can't picture the Saints about Drew Brees. So I, I read a, a, a mystery team offered him a lot of money to, to go, and he turned it down. I would love to see who that mystery team was. I mean, I feel like he didn't give a chance for teams to offer him any contract. We all knew that was coming. But he didn't want to go there, so that's fine. New York Jets, Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater joined, Bryce Petty, and uh, Hackenberg, and the number third overall pick. We just talked about <laughs> this. This is a, a potpourri of quarterbacks, if you will. This is a shitty situation for the Jets. Listen, if you have more than one quarterback, you don't have any quarterbacks, is what they say. But it doesn't matter right now because this is not about 2018 for the Jets. It's about whoever they take at number three and getting him ready for 2019 and 2020. But the Jets made a lot of good moves, I think, this offseason. Um, starting with the defense. We'll get into that in a little bit. Too many quarterbacks, and they're all mediocre at best. Uh, and the long-forgotten move here, the guy uh, who's replacing Kirk Cousins in Washington, Alex Smith is Washington Redskins. Uh, a lot of people forget about that. They yeah. have some decent weapons there, too. I, I think he'll be fine. I think it'll be 
Uh, I think he'll be just as good as he was in Kansas City, if you ask me. And um, people forget about it because it was made so early into the offseason. Um, Alex Smith, you know, they, they always get these guys, and, and all these guys never work out in uh, in D.C. They try to do it with uh, with McNabb. He was okay there, but he never was great. Um, he's just going to be okay there. He doesn't have the weapons that he had. He would have had a few there two years ago. Sammy Watkins, Kansas City Chiefs. He sucks. I don't like Glad he wasn't franchised. I don't like the move for Kansas City at all, to be honest with you. I, I didn't think they needed him. But, um, I mean, it's another weapon for Mahomes. And that defense now has holes. Um, they have a good run game. And I think they're going to be trailing a lot. And I love Pat Mahomes in fantasy this year. He'll be throwing a ton. I think Sammy Watkins can help out uh, Hill get downfield for those big uh, fly plays. And we all know the powerful arm Mahomes has. I think him is he's more valuable on the field as a decoy than he is himself because he can't stay on the field. All about injuries for this guy, but he's a former first-round pick, so the league's not giving up on him. Another wide receiver, Allen Robinson. He's going to be catching balls from my boy, Mitchell Trubisky. I like the move a lot, especially if Meredith comes back uh, healthy. I like the move a lot. They needed a receiver there for for your boy, Trubisky. And uh, I think the Bears are going to be another team where uh, they're tough to face at home. Yeah, I don't make much of it. I'm really down on Allen Robinson. Let's see if he could stay healthy. He uh, drops a lot of balls, but he, he had his good – he had his good – 20 or so games with uh, Blake Bortles. So it can't be any worse with Trubisky. Chi-Town won five games last year. They were very good against the spread. This is a rookie quarterback last year, so he's only developing better. I like to move big time. Let's turn those against the spread victories into money line victories. Uh, Andrew Norwell to the Jaguars. We talked talk about him a little bit. We don't have to get into him. Tyron Matthew, Texans. I thought it was a steal for the Texans. I really did. If One Watt, year, seven mil. Yeah, if Watt comes back, Merciless comes back healthy, uh, Watson comes back healthy, they could be a very sneaky team. And we're not just talking for division. We're talking in the playoffs. I love that move. I like it too. And especially when you get him to a one-year deal, that means that he's basically going to be playing for another contract. So he's not going to phone it in. He's not going to be that free agent signing that you get that once he gets paid, he doesn't try hard. He's playing for the rest of his career next year. He's got a lot on his shoulder, and he's going to be very pissed off that the team that drafted him and uh, made him a star in this league cut him and wanted him to take a pay cut. So he's going to be a very motivated guy, and he's very good in that defense. Goon, you can document this. The Houston Texans are going to have a first-round bye next year in the uh, AFC playoffs. I love the Texans next year. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, he's going to skull it up, too. He's with Minnesota. Um, defense is already good. It's just uh, it's added presence. He's One year got as well, Mike. Exactly. He has something to prove. Um, I'd be nervous any fans uh, in the stands because, uh, you know, he shows no hesitation to get into the stands and fight you. Um, uh, I don't I don't know. They're, they're loaded to win, and he's just another <laughs> cog in that. I think that itself will motivate him for one year. You'll get his best, uh, you'll get his best behavior next year, and that's going to be big for them. Jermaine Johnson, quarterback for the Jets, I think it's an underrated move. That's, what I, was that's what I was talking about before. You get a guy like this, he's had eight interceptions in a season before, um, he was one of the top guys there. Another curious move, getting rid of this guy, you know, and that team, they just completely changed their defense, trading out guys all season. But uh, Johnson, he also picked off Eli Manning this year when the Giants played them. Uh, he's a good player, and the Jets are going to add him to a pretty good secondary that's very underrated. I agree with everything you guys said. He's a very good player. He's getting big-time money, uh, so we'll see if he's that number one true corner. But uh, I agree, it's a very underrated move. Secondary set for the Jets, if you ask me. Uh, Malcolm Butler, he didn't play in the Super Bowl, but he will be playing for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I hate the contract. I think the Tennessee Titans went after a name, and I don't think Malcolm Butler is very good. I said that multiple times last season. He was ranked uh, by pro football as one of the worst coverage corners in the league, 
and I think you'll see that. And their secondary was actually pretty good, if you ask me, last year. So uh, I don't think they needed him, and I think the contract will come back to bite them in the ass. They got eliminated by the Patriots this uh, playoff, and they go out and they sign him, and they sign Deion Lewis. So they're uh, you can't be, the you can't beat them, join them. And uh, I like the Lewis deal. Um, Butler, another guy's gonna be playing with a chip on his shoulder. I don't know if that's enough to make him have a great year, but he's done it before in the NFL. Uh, he brings some experience, and I like the fact actually that they have a good defensive backfield that you're talking about, Mike, because he doesn't have to be the guy there. He could kind of just blend in. He's not going to be guarding the number one receiver. So I think he fits well. Is the contract great? No, but listen, there's ways out of it. The Dominican Sue just got cut, and he had one of the worst contracts in the NFL. So um, the Titans, you can't beat them, join them approach, taking a couple guys from the Patriots. And as for Deion Lewis, since you mentioned him, he was next here. Uh, I actually like the move. I know I wanted to see Derrick Henry be the guy, but Deion Lewis is very versatile. Derrick Henry doesn't catch the ball like Deion Lewis can, so – it gives a nice little play for the Titans over there. You guys feel the same? Yeah, you both wanted uh, – you both liked Lewis, uh, Henry to be the guy, excuse me. So, uh, listen, Lewis is a nice little weapon for Mariota. Now they have that dual threat back there, if you ask me, uh, you know, running the ball out of the two of them. And uh, and Henry's still going to be the guy that gets all the calories. So, uh, they're in a good situation. People gave me a lot of crap for uh, saying when DeMarco Murray was cut that Henry's going to be a top-10 fantasy running back. I, th- I like it even more for him that Lewis is there and he doesn't have to fully carry the load. He's still getting guy, the goal line carries. The right? guy's going to get the goal line carries, and he showed you last year when he had to pick up the extra you know carries when DeMarco was hurt down the stretch trying to make the playoffs. He did a great job for them. I think that people are sleeping on this guy a little bit. Um, I think he's a very talented running back. I mean, you know, look at his college career. I think it's going to translate next season. And let's talk about two offensive linemen, one former Giant, one new Giant, Nate Solder and Justin Pugh. <laughs> Yeah, love the soldier move. I uh, wish we could have brought Pew back. Um, I mean, we've already talked about it. Uh, they still need some help on that offensive line. You're still banking on Flowers to move to right tackle. They said they're going to keep him and try and work him over there. But uh, it was a great move. And let's just stick with Soldier for one second. This is a guy that has already said, me, my wife, already looking back, uh, looking forward to giving back into the community. He is huge with charities and giving back to the community. The Giants got a good one. Uh, yeah, we talked about it before. I'm happy about it. Um, it is a lot of money, and they're and that's only because they're in a cap hell. If they weren't cap hell to begin with, you wouldn't worry about the money. And they're desperate, but you have to overpay when you're desperate because this one thing about Gettleman that I'm not liking is he seems married to all of these former Panther players, Norwell, Stewart, all these guys he keeps going. He wanted Graham Gano. Mm-hmm. There's players in the league that are good that you didn't manage before, buddy, okay? So I'm kind of glad that he didn't get all Carolina Panthers. It seems like the Giants are only doing Arizona Cardinals and uh, Carolina Panthers for their former D coordinator over there and uh, get them in the GM. But um, obviously it's not Eric Flowers on Eli's blind side anymore, so I'm all for it. Absolutely. Justin Pugh, we wish we could have had you back, but our cap situation couldn't do it. But I wish you the best luck in Arizona. Jimmy Graham, Rob, will let you go first. You like him going to Green Bay, uh, so speak on it. Oh, we brought, about, we brought it up last week when we were talking about where people might go, and I think it was during our show that he got cut, and the first place that you know, I thought of was Green Bay, and I said, you know what, and I could also see maybe New England making a play for him. Now, he doesn't make sense in New England financially because they're not going to tie up all that money into two great tight ends, so where's the perfect place? Aaron Rodgers, they've been looking for a tight end for him forever. Martellus Bennett was okay. I mean, they've had Andrew Quarles. They've had all these crap you know, tight ends. Now you have a guy that's going to open up the middle of the field, a guy that's going to give guys like Devontae Adams and this, you know, and Randall Cobb and all these guys, you know, extra room. It's just perfect marriage, and uh, it's exactly what that offense needs 
because they're going to have to compete with Minnesota in that division to probably get a first-round bye and to basically go to the Super Bowl because that's their main competitions in their division. This guy's perfect for them. It'll be very fun to watch that offense match up against Minnesota's defense. Yeah, I, I like the move also, Vinny. I spoke to that before. And Jimmy Graham, uh, something that the Packers didn't really have in their receiving core is height. This guy's 6'6". Six, six. He's going to be a big red zone threat. I love the move. Also to the Packers, Mo Wilk on a one-year uh, show-me deal. That's going to be an underrated move also. I mean, this is a guy that couldn't even show up to meetings last year on time. So uh, they needed help on the defensive end. And if he, uh, you know, is motivated to try and get another big contract, then the, the Packers made a nice deal. Yeah, and we just talked about the Packers and Vikings, and you got have Mo Wilk and Sheldon Richardson going at it, the two former Jets that were the big stalwarts on that Jets front part of their defense that was actually very effective for a few years. Now they're going to go at it as a uh, battle in the NFC Norris. Yep, uh, Richard Sherman, 49ers. Love it. Uh, the four, we talked about it the other day, Vinny. Uh, the 49ers are the most talked about and most exciting team heading into this season. Love Jimmy it. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> They're another team that is going to be absolutely loved, and they're going to be one of the. They're going to be the NFC darlings, just the way that the Browns might be the AFC darlings as far as over unders before the season. People are going to be all over their jock. Um, and uh, it, it, listen, he's he's a good player. He might be a little bit past his prime, but you know what? People still don't want to throw at him, and he's going to bring a ton of experience to that young talented 49ers. Exactly. He's going to bring a lot of experience and leadership for a defense that's young and uh, they're going to need their defense because their offense looks pretty damn good with uh, what's going on with Jimmy G. Real quick, according to Ian Rappaport, the Jets even explored moving up to number one, um, but they ended up going to settling to number three. Um, The Colts got calls from other quarterback needy teams, um, but they felt good about just moving down to six and dealing with the Jets. I guess they felt good because, hey, whoever the Jets get, they know in the end the Jets are never going to beat the Colts for anything because they're the Jets even though you're wearing green today. And uh, B, they only moved down three spots. A team like the Bills or somebody else might have had to move down to 12. So that's from Ian Rappaport. Also for you from Yankees, PR Luis Severino will be the opening day starter for the New York Yankees. As expected. That's how and Jordan Montgomery starting the Yankees home opener. <laughs> there we go. I'll be there that Monday. That's, oh. That should be fun. Montgomery, your boy, Goon. Anyway, 11-11, uh, actually make a wish on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, halfway through the show over the top sports radio. Robbie D, Big Mike, Vinny the Shark with you, 646-716-5043. Currently talking about NFL free agency. Vinny's got the list. We're going through it, and we're going to continue right now. Last four, let's bang them out. Carlos Hyde to the Browns. Uh, surprising. It really is. and uh, Exciting. With As a with, Giants fan, exciting. With him with Duke Johnson, uh, that's a good little running game that they've put together. They have a lot of weapons on offense. Um, exciting as a Giants fan is what I took out of it. I really don't understand why they would take Carlos Hyde. You're not cutting Duke Johnson. He's too valuable to just cut that guy. And you're not going to have the three running back system with Saquon. It means he's going to be there for the Giants. So now it's all going to be whether the Giants want to take the second quarterback off the board. It might be their top guy. Or they want to take Saquon Barkley. You know how we all think about it. We're going to talk about it ad nauseum until the end of April when they finally make this pick. we got Brandon, the J-Boy, in our group chat, which you're not reading right now, going crazy that the Giants are going to take a quarterback. And it's driving me nuts, Brandon, because they shouldn't take one. But we're going to talk about it for a while. All I took about Carlos Hyde is that that means they're not taking Saquon Barkley, and that's all I want. Exactly. That move is relieving. That means they are not set on Saquon Barkley at the number one overall pick. They will not be going running back first overall, and that means the Giants have a good opportunity to get a hell of a playmaker at two. Here's the other thing. It sets up the possibility for all of us to hate Gettleman. 
if he passes on Saquon at number two. That's true. You automatically hate this GM. You're going to absolutely hate him if he doesn't take Unless number he two. trades back. If Saquon went number him. one, it is what it is. You just couldn't get him. Who cares? You go from there. But if they have a chance to get this guy and pass on him, and he's a 2,000-yard rusher, and we're stuck with another Dave Brown that we got second overall, or Ryan Leaf, because that's what some of these quarterbacks are going to turn out to be, this guy, his whole career – will be very short with the Giants because he will not last it's long. It's a big-time pick that he cannot mess up. All right, last three, all wide receivers. Jordy Nelson to the Raiders. Chucky got his man. Chucky uh, <laughs> Chucky got him, and uh, Cooper's there, and Carr had a down year last year, and he, uh, Doug Barton just went there. So he's really trying to make uh, you know that offense over there much better than what it was. Um, I thought he was going to go to New England for sure. Me too. Um. How much better is he at an older age than, you know, Crabtree? Go look at last year's numbers. I know, but look at the quarterbacks. I mean, I don't know. When Aaron Rodgers was there, Jordy was good. When Rodgers wasn't there, the guy was droppable in fantasy. And by the end of the year, he was probably not even 50% owned. I don't know what he has left in the tank. I thought the only team that could get a lot out of him was uh, Belichick and Brady and putting him in that Offense as, that would you know, obviously work, and he fits the He has the look of a uh, New England Patriot. He looks, and, they, and they lost Danny Amendola, so he could have taken the Amendola role. Yep, so exactly. I'm a little bit surprised, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm very leery. I probably will not be taking Jordy Nelson in any fantasy league next year. That anything. guy, Jordy Nelson. Boy, I got to tell you. He's that, Chucky definitely loves him, Mike, but uh, I, he's got to show me something this year. He had a down year last year. Obviously, Rodgers wasn't with him, but I always said Jordy Nelson was a product of Aaron Rodgers, so now it's the time to prove me wrong with Derek Carr. If anything, this is a an all-pro wide receiver that might be able to teach Amari Cooper how to catch the ball. I think Amari Cooper bounces back big time. He's, he's, he's a special he's, talent. He's so bot- you know, low. How do you not? And the other two, they go hand-in-hand hand over here. We just mentioned them, Michael Crabtree and Danny Amendola. But Danny Amendola, what hurts as a Patriots fan. And, again, why is he going to Miami? That makes no sense to me. And uh, what was the other one? Amendola and who? Crabtree. Crabtree. You want to talk about shenanigans in the National Football <laughs> League. They signed Ryan Grant. Then they see Crabtree gets released, and then all of a sudden something comes up in Ryan Grant's uh, injury report, and they're able to avoid that contract, even though this kid never even missed a game. The NFL needs to look into that. Shenanigans. Looking at it fantasy-wise, it's nice to see that Crabtree can still have himself a league quarterback to throw in the ball. (laughs) Yes, he will be with the league. Flacco, I don't think too much of either move. I don't think either guys are going to have significant years. I will not be taking them in fantasy football. And that about wraps it up. Uh, There's been one team who didn't make a single move and all of free agency, do you know who it is? I did. I heard it the other day. And, Not one uh, move. And I got to try to really rack my brain real quick. Um, real quick is right, because I'm about to shout it out. Yeah, shout it out. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> zero moves. They have zero cap as well. Um, I don't know what's going on with Des' situation, but I know they're going to look to give him some money. <coughs> Whether it's this year or next year, we'll find out. But not a single move in free agency by Dallas Cowboys. And when Mike McCagnan, the GM of the Jets, traded Sheldon Richardson last year, he got cursed, and he got a second-round pick. Well, he did that with something like this in mind. He used that number two to uh, help move up to uh, get the third overall pick. And I'll tell you this right now. There is a lot of chatter on Twitter, and you guys aren't going to like this, including from Adam Schefter, who said it's likely that the first three picks in the draft are going to be all quarterback and that Barkley Barkley could fall the number four in Cleveland. And, and Cleveland that is very, very disheartening to me if that's what happens. Now, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs in the next six weeks before the draft. There really is. And you're going to hear a lot of different stuff, and it's going to make you think, wow, they're doing this, or wow, they're doing that. But uh, very, very disheartening to see all this chatter right now that the Giants are going to take a quarterback at number two. It's just 
It's not what I think they're going to do still, gun to my head, but I, I don't understand it, and I hope they don't. Pick work now? Well, if they trade down, I'm okay with it. I mean, I would rather take Barkley than trade down, but if you can get a haul from the Bills or from Denver or whoever wants a quarterback at number two, I'm, they, and they're in the driver's seat because they're the only team now. They're the team that every team has to trade with to get the quarterback because they're not getting a quarterback. The value just skyrocketed. Absolutely. They are the in the Giants driver's seat. The Browns are four. They're in the driver's seat. So, to me, the only options are trade down or take Barkley. But you don't take Rosen or Allen. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns worried. traded that four. They love trading their picks. They've had multiple first-round picks for many, many years. So, but I could see them doing that, the too. Thing, the thing that bothers me, too, is that worries me about it is this is a brand-new GM that might want to start with his own brand-new quarterback to start with him. Brand-new regime. You have a new GM, a new head coach, and a new quarterback. I'm going to have zero nails on draft day. Yeah, and listen, stuff like this, uh, you hear in the NFL ahead of time who's doing what. Um, you hear, you're going to know who the number one overall pick is a week before the draft. Right. Sometimes it leaks out then who the Giants are going to take at number two. Uh, I'm very, very worried about this. And I would have to say that maybe it's just an immediate reaction from the people on Twitter, but there are people that know what they're talking about. Jordan Renan, he um, covers the Giants. Dan Graziano covers the Giants. I've seen these guys at Giants camp. They're there every day. I'm there twice a year. They are there every day, and they are both in on a quarterback for the Giants. Uh, the only thing you could say to this is, gentleman is an Acorsi guy, and Acorsi took Eli. So the whole wanting to bring in his own quarterback type thing, I kind of feel like Eli kind of is a part of a gentleman, uh, you know, camp. And I mean, it depends who goes one. You know, if you if you wanted Sam Darnold and and uh, you know you're not really sure on Rosen or Allen, then you better take Barkley. Or you're not sure on any of them, Mike. I really I, hope he's not sure. I just at this point just trade down. Just don't pass on Saquon for one of these crap quarterbacks. Uh, they're just not good enough. I'm sorry. This isn't a draft that has Andrew Locke and, and a Peyton Manning right. in it where you're going to get the, you know, it doesn't matter. You can't lose. It's not Austin Matthews or uh, or Connor McDavid, you know, to, to bring a hockey reference out there. It's, I don't want to hate my future quarterback. I don't want to see a quarterback <laughs> go second pick, and I immediately bash him like I did Chris Asporzingis in the Knicks draft that year. I don't want another one like that. Speaking of the Knicks, is there a bigger embarrassment in sports than the Knicks at this point? They're just a terrible organization. I mean, Once you, you, Dolan goes, we can actually build. I get that you could throw at me about the Islanders, and I'm ready, willing, and able to take all of that, but they don't play at MSG. They don't have the history that the Knicks have as far as being a team that's been around forever. This has been 18 years of crap, and they've lost 17 out of their last 18 games. Good. I get yeah, it. I, that agree. It's, <laughs> I get it that it's They're good, but <laughs> every single year that this has been 18 years of garbage from the New York freaking Knicks. Here's you play in New York City, when are you going to get it right? How do you keep getting it wrong? Your owner doesn't care because he has a shitty product that he still sells out his arena every night. That's exactly. the difference between him and the Islanders. The Islanders do not sell out. People will only go see them if they're good. The Knicks, no matter how bad they are, they're going to sell out the Garden every night. So what does Dolan care? He's still making his money whether it seems good or not. That front row is always Chris Rock and the other celebrity row they'd show at every game. Like you said, they're always going to be sold out. And then the and the Knicks, when you put them together, they are 4-36 and 36 in their last 40 games combined. And the Nets, that sucks for because they're not even getting the first pick. They're giving that right to Cleveland. And, Vinny, I asked you this months ago, and uh, we'll take it one step further. If I said to you, you want the future of the Lakers or the future of the Knicks? And let's not talk draft picks. Let's just talk talent on the roster. Who are you taking? Lakers. Nets or Knicks? Really? Yeah. I'd rather Przingis than Russell and anyone over there in the Nets. 
Well, they don't even um, have injury problems. They, they are worse than the next. I don't know. I'm iffy on that. I, uh, that Besides Porzingis, that Knicks roster is, you know, we've talked Mude, we've talked French Frank, and they're just not doing anything. Nothing. Trey Burke. Uh, Beasley, Beasley had some moments every now and then. But, you know, it's, it's the NBA. You're not going to win unless you have three superstars on the team. They need to seven. nail this first-round pick this year. It can't be another French Frank we're going to wait for him to develop. <laughs> coming out. I don't know how Trey Young's going to do, and uh, it was one of my favorite plays of the t- tournament was Rhode Island beating Trey Young, knocking out Oklahoma in the first round, because they were only in the tournament because Trey Young was a superstar. ESPN rode Trey Young so hard this year. He's a turnover machine. Skinny, I don't see him escalating the NBA that well. Um, the NBA draft, you know, we've talked so much about the NFL draft and how big it is for these two New York teams. The NBA draft would be the same exact thing if the Nets hadn't given up a thousand first-round picks which are all lottery picks, to Boston in that enormous trade they made like four or five years ago that, what, won them a two playoff series? Is. Right. So that's, I mean, the draft is, that's the state of New York sports right now, other than the Yankees. Let's be honest. The Islanders are looking at a lottery pick. The Rangers are looking at a lottery pick. The Giants and Jets are both picking in the top three of the draft. The Knicks are going to have a top five pick in the draft. Probably it's a lottery pick. The Nets are in position to have a lottery pick, except it gets to go to another team, which how great is, a position is Boston in, by the way, that they're going to get these picks from the Nets while they're winning champion or competing for championships. The first pick is on Cleveland this year. They traded that over with uh, Isaiah Thomas. For but that was Boston traded it to right. Cleveland. But I'm just saying that they have all these picks as assets to get guys like Kyrie mm-hmm. to take to use it as top picks like they used in the draft last year. Um and they're still competing for championships. That's the opposite of what some of our teams are doing. Brooklyn went all in to sell tickets in the new stadium, and it's, it didn't pay off at all. The Barclays Center has just produced terrible hockey and basketball. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I know you like to shit on the Islanders, but, <laughs> but you don't have to bring up the Islanders and talk about the Nets, you know, subliminally. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the state of New York sports pretty much lies in the hands of the New York Yankees and maybe the New York Mets pitching staff. And, Let's turn to baseball right now because the Yankees, we talked about it. They uh, announced their starting rotation. So Jordan Montgomery's the number five guy. We knew that was going to happen. Um, Solid they, rotation. I, I want to say they missed out on like a Lance Lynn type or uh, an Alex Cobb, I guess, is, is not coming to the Yankees. Um, I like the chance of those kids coming up. Uh, yeah, the Yankees are just so loaded. I, I just, If I'm a Yankee fan, I'd feel a little bit better if I had gotten one of those guys. We've talked about it forever. But we're getting to the point now where mock drafts are turning into real drafts oh, yeah. in fantasy baseball. We are now at the point where we're doing it for real. You've seen the mock drafts, and by the time you get to the fourth round, everybody else is on auto pick <laughs> because they've had enough and they've seen enough, and they're basically getting ready for the, the real thing. Uh, you guys have your big drafts coming up this week. Tomorrow, baby. So uh, – you know, fantasy baseball, Mike, I know you always have research, and then we're going to talk about the NL West. But real quick, anything jumping out at you if you got a draft in the next 24 or 48 hours before we join you guys on Monday? So there's two names that we mention on the show weekly. One is Barzell, which we didn't, but I'll do it right now. And the other is Otani. And Otani uh, officially has pitched two and two-thirds innings that uh, start against the uh, the Mexico uh, or the whatever the hell they were called. Didn't count. Two and two-thirds innings, five Ks. His ERA is 27, and his whip is 4.12. He got bashed around by the Rockies yesterday. He looks like shit, and here's my bold prediction. He will spend time in AAA this season. I'm telling you right now. Interesting. Uh, a lot other, of money to put in AAA. Well, he sucks. Lance McCullers, <laughs> 15 Ks through 12 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed one run and three walks. You talk about him every year, guys, as being like, uh, he's got the talent. Can he just stay healthy? I mean, these numbers are jumping out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm – 
all four any of those Houston pitchers are fantasy, Mike. Uh, Garrett Cole's their five. That's a stacked rotation. The Houston Astros and the New York Yankees, those are guys you want to be drafting in your fantasy leagues. And um, NL West, we talked about it. Uh, you guys did the uh, NL Central the other day. Uh, time to break down the NL West as we continue got a on. Few more notes. We got more notes. Oh yeah, Mike, I just undersold you on your homework doing. Alex Reyes, who everyone is uh, jumping all over, will only pitch a hundred innings this season. Uh, can you name the top three batting averages in spring training right now for qualified batters? John Lacuna. He is number three. Jason Kipnis. No. Matt Kemp. No. Mike Trout. Nope. Manny Machado is two. And the number one leading average in spring training who will have an everyday job, his manager just said. Jose Perilla of the Padres, who plays multiple positions. He came on uh, the scene last year, and he is on fire. He's former Brave. That I'm not sure. Rob, your boy, Fulton Evich, has given up zero runs in 14 innings this spring. He looks ridiculous. The Rays have said they're going to use a four-man rotation, and when they need a fifth starter, they're going to call it bullpen day. And every time they need a fifth starter, will be the bullpen. They're just going to pick a guy to start and go from there. So good luck, Rays fans. And then in 2008, there was 34 pitchers who pitched 200 innings or more. Last year, how many pitchers pitched over 200 innings? Oh that's a good question. I'm going to go with five. We'll go with 11. 15. So that's according to Roto World. Let's give them the credit for that. 15 pitchers only last season had 200 innings or more. It's crazy. I see less and less of that. Jose Perella was a Yankee, and he got on base and was pinch run for by Antoine Richardson, who then scored on Derek Jeter's last at bat at Yankee Stadium. Wow. That's that. where I knew Jose Perella <laughs> from. I, I was, uh, I guess, I don't know why I thought I think he's Braves, older, but... too. You have an age on him? Well, yeah. I mean, if he was playing for the Yankees in 2014, he's 28 years old yeah. uh, he, from uh, Venezuela. He did a nice job for them last year, the Padres. He's going to be playing every day. And uh, I think he's qualified at multiple positions in fantasy baseball, a name to keep an eye on towards the end. And fantasy baseball, everybody knows about Okuna. When are we going to see him up? Uh, supposedly his Super 2 is only about 10 to 12 days in the minors. So if he goes down there for that, so they keep him the extra year, which is the worst rule in baseball, yeah. and as long as he keeps hitting the way he is, there's no reason he shouldn't be up by the end of the first month. Because you know he'd be the opening day outfielder if it wasn't for Oh, him. easily. And Aaron Judge today playing left field. Uh, getting some uh, time in at left field in a minor league game just so he could work on playing a little bit of left field, which is a little bit interesting for the Yankees. And he scolded. He was scolded by Major League Baseball for School. saying Manny Machado uh, yeah. would look good in a Yankee uniform. No, pinstripes. <laughs> Whatever. You can't say anything him. these days the without, White Sox being, have without being criticized and saying you're tampering. Nothing Everyone was worse than Magic Johnson's tampering. I mean, that was terrible. Everyone needs to relax. All right. Any more notes? I don't want to cut no, you off. No, uh, 11.30 over the top sports radio. Robbie D, Vinny the Shark, Big Mike, Goon with you here on a Saturday morning, St. Patrick's Day, 646-716-5403. Also on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, as you guys know by now, and on Facebook Live. um, As we break down a different division every single show as we get ready um, for the Major League Baseball season, which is now less than two weeks away from opening day. Before we get into that, Goon, you got your hand in the air. Real quick, Saints punter Morse. Orsted signed five-year, $20 million contract. Is that a lot for a punter? Uh, yeah. $20 million over five years? I, I guess so. I <laughs> wouldn't be happy if the Giants gave their punter that much money. That's so. crazy, yeah. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's it. Carry on. True. All right. All right. Let's talk. Uh, instead of talking about kickers, let's talk about the NL West. And uh, 
Let's get some odds from the shark on it, and then we will proceed. All right. When we get into the team win totals, guys, very, very tough, I must say. Well, I can't wait to. Here. I can't wait for us to guess. That's going to be interesting. All right. World Series odds: the Dodgers plus five fifty. They are tied with the Astros as the favorites. The Yankees went from five fifty to six hundred. By the way, the Giants are plus twenty two hundred. The Diamondbacks plus twenty five hundred. Rockies plus five thousand. Padres plus twenty thousand. Those are your World Series odds. NL West division odds. The Dodgers are the favorites at minus 150. Diamondbacks plus 350. Rockies plus 550. Giants plus 650. Padres plus 2,800. Very interesting that the Giants have better World Series odds, but are the fourth best And that's the odds. second time we've seen that it's now just, since we've done this. The only thing that come up with is the better market. Bigger market, more people bet them. That's all I can think of. Yeah, they're going to get money thrown on them. But don't forget that the Giants, that all these teams, they are near Vegas. So their fan bases are in Vegas more often and throw money on their favorite the team. The only thing I could see. There's got to be something about that because the Giants won 64 games last year. They look at it probably as, oh, no one's going to take the Giants win the division, but they'll probably better than win the World Series, bigger payout, blah, blah, blah. Well, Mike, uh, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but who do you have winning the division? I think we could all agree it's going to be the Dodgers. And their yep. lineup looks like Chris Taylor, who broke out on the scene last year, qualified multiple positions in fantasy. Corey Seager, who I'm telling you will have a huge year uh, this season. This is the year he puts it all together. Justin Turner, former Met. Cody Bellinger, Yasiel Puig, Jock Peterson, who I disagree with. I think it'll be Kemp in the outfield. Same. Yasmani Grandel and Logan Forsythe, who actually acquired last year from the Rays. Uh, the second half actually put together a nice year. Rotation, Clayton Kershaw, Rich Hill, Alex Wood, Kenta Maeda, and uh, Ryu is the other starter. Keep your eye on Walker Bueller. He is their top pitching prospect. He looks just like Justin Verlander. He throws heat just like Justin Verlander. He'll be up at some point, and he will make an impact on this team. This is going to be one pissed-off team after last year. That is a rotation full of question marks, if you ask me. Absolutely. I don't see any of them staying healthy or at least producing, uh, besides Kershaw in the producing department. But, Alex um, Wood last year had a season that he will never, ever duplicate absolutely. again. Absolutely. I was going to say, there's no way Alex Wood does what he did, does last year. I think he takes a big step back. Ryu plays about – he starts about six games a year now, I feel like. Uh, Maeda gets hurt all the time, too. They're going to need that kid, Mike. They're going to need him big time. Rich Hill's getting older and older. Uh, very, very suspect starting rotation for the Dodgers. This but kid that lineup is good. Is <laughs> when I say good, this kid is going to be uh, in next year. Kershaw, you know, every, Kershaw is still Kershaw. They could have one of the best one-two combos in baseball. You'll see him up this year because Easy. there's going to be too many injuries in that rotation. Yeah, and Rich Hill, another guy. I mean, when is the bl- what's the over/under on when his blister pops up? <laughs> I mean, the guy pees on his hand, and it feel bad. There's nothing you could do. He's got blister problems that keeps him from being a he top pitcher. Throws more curveballs than anybody else. It's his only pitch. But it's effective because he actually pitches decently. He's a former Long Island Duck, if yeah. you guys remember. He played he on the Ducks. Did yeah. he have a no hitter in the uh, tenth inning yeah. last year? He I don't know if it was did. 10, but I it think went, it, it went extra innings. He went through nine innings with the no hitter, but it was a scoreless game. And they lost it and, and the game losing. in the tenth yep. inning. I think he gave up a home run in the tenth inning. I think you're that's absolutely tough. right. <laughs> he's got good side. He's old. He's like 38, 39 years old. Right. I think we could all agree this lineup though is very well balanced with speed, with power, with average. And they have the best closer in the National League. Agreed. So uh, you know, again, you find another starter. Uh, this is a team. Alex Cobb is sitting there, guys. We say it every week. Uh, you know, this would make perfect sense for Alex Cobb. Right. So many good picks with Cobb. Just going to bring it up. I didn't even hear you guys bring it up, and uh, I'm glad that you guys did because especially with the injury concerns. When you read off their rotation to me, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't because I'm a big Alex Wood guy as a Braves fan. <clears throat> Excuse me. We gave him away for nothing. But he's not going to start the year 13-1 and again. 
And it's L.A. They have money. I don't want to hear anything about money. And they already over the luxury tax, so who gives a crap? Exactly. I mean, it's not like the Yankees where they're worried about getting to it. Once you're over it, you're over it. And you're paying $2 for every $1 anyway. I think the rest of the division could be interesting. Who does everybody have second? I'm going to go in Arizona. I'm going to go Colorado. I'm going to go Colorado also, so we will start there. Uh, Blackman, DJ LeMay, who Cargo, who's back, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Ian Desmond, Ryan McMahon, Chris Iannetta. Uh, McMahon is getting a lot of play in fantasy. He's a nice bat. I don't know how many bats we'll see with Cargo coming back because Desmond can always move over to first. Power is still there. So uh, David Dahl will start in AAA. A lot of question marks with that outfield. Keep an eye on that. The rotation, John Gray, Tyler Anderson, Chad Bettis, Kyle Freeland, who I think had a no-hitter uh, going for a while last year also. I remember watching that game. Uh, German Marquez, nice young arm. Jeff Hoffman, who they acquired from, I think it was Toronto, who hasn't really done anything yet. Um, again, rotation will always be question mark, especially in Colorado. But this offense, guys, uh, it's just as good as last year. They put up runs. And, uh, I mean, it's always going to be how the bullpen is with them. I think they'll be pretty much exactly the way they were last year. Um, there's no pitcher you could trust. They play in Colorado. We know the deal with them. And, I mean, until they get pitching, I'm never going to be all in on the Rockies. Yeah, I love the offense. Um, it's as much as uh, anti-Arizona pick as it is pro-Colorado pick for me to pick Colorado in second. I agree with um, you. I'm down on Arizona. I like Colorado. I think that San Diego is going to be a bottom feeder that these teams are going to pounce on, and San Francisco is going to be just a little bit better. Um, I do like the offense. Um, I'm a huge Arenado fan, huge Arenado fan. So I think if they can get the decent pitching that they – they won 87 games last year. I think if they're around that mark, that's going to be good enough for second place in division because Arizona is not coming close to 93, if you ask me. Uh, third place, I guess we'll say Diamondbacks. Vinny, you have the Rockies then in third. I have, uh, yeah, the Rockies at third. I think it's going to be close with the Giants, but I'll give the Rockies the benefit of the doubt by by a game or two. So let's look at their lineup: David Feralta, AJ Pollock, Goldschmidt, who I mean is Goldschmidt, Jake Lamb, Steven Souza, who we all agreed was a nice underrated move. Alex Davila, uh They're sticking with Kino Marte, who came over from Seattle years ago and just has never lived up to the hype of being a top prospect. Nick Ahmed's at short, decent year last year, serviceable. Uh, then you have Robbie Ray, who, uh, I mean, in fantasy-wise, this is a guy that can e- uh, end up in that top five, if you ask me, of, of starting pitching. Taiwan Walker, who has never amounted to much. Uh, Zach Godley, sleeper alert in fantasy baseball. This kid is going to be good. Patrick Corbin, and then Zach Greinke, who is now hurt. His velocity has been down all spring training. He's really struggled. He is a big question mark. But, guys, J.D. Martinez not in this lineup. It's not as scary. The ball's being in the humidor. Uh, I'm not sold on this lineup. I'm really not. A lot of people are freaking out about the Umidor, Mike. A lot of people are freaking out about it. Uh, Jake Lamb, I know you're down on. I don't think you see him having the same year he had. No shot. AJ Pollock, he's got to stay healthy for this team. They need him more than ever, especially with no J.D. Martinez and his 45 home runs in that lineup. Right. So that's a big deal. But Goldschmidt is an MVP candidate every single year. And you know what? They actually might have the most well-rounded uh, rotation. I think Zach Rank is the third best pitcher in the whole division. Uh, Robbie Ray is a two is very nice. We're all Robbie Ray fans here. We all know that we we support him and over the top sports like crazy. Taiwan Walker. He's still young enough to break into his own. He was a high prospect back in the day. And Corbin as a four and Godley as a five is pretty nice. That's a solid rotation. And Arizona, they can still hit. They don't have those flashy names anymore. Losing JD. That's still a good lineup. I like Arizona a lot. They had a all time great performance from their trade deadline acquisition last year to get them to 93 wins. Um, It helped Goldschmidt. 
It helped them win these crazy games. They went on this awesome run. They were 52-29 and 29 at home. They were a 500 team on the road as the season went on. They actually outscored the Dodgers by almost 50 runs last year. Um, and they're just going to lose so much production by losing J.D. Martinez in that lineup. I don't know where they're going to get it from. Goldschmidt doesn't have the protection that he used to have. I'm just, I'm sorry he didn't. And he's I, an underrated player. He's underrated, but he's not a guy that was Low on pace. Low average guy, too. Yeah, 30 jacks last nowhere, year in the top. He's nowhere near what J.D. Martinez oh, was for that. that team. And it just, and I don't, I'm not a big Granky guy. I, I'm sorry. I actually think Robbie Ray, by the end of the year, is going to be rated higher on the fantasy Raider than Granky. I think he's going to have oh, a better I think we year. All agree to that. But we love Robbie Ray. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I he's agree. the number I one. Think is on he's the number one on paper, but I don't think he's going to pitch like an. I just think this is going to be one of those years that he doesn't have a good year. I still don't love their bullpen. I, I don't like it. You, you brought up the Humidor. How's that going to change them playing 81 times? They're 52 and 29 at I home last year. I gave this stat on the show. I forget it off the top of my head, but I think home runs were supposed to decrease by like 5%. Over right, but that's a lot of home runs over 81 games. Yeah, it's huge. And if they were 52 and 29 at home last year, they, things were pretty damn good there. I wouldn't have changed anything. I just want to give a quick Granky story. So Pat Neshek, the uh, Major League relief Lost pitcher. Lost his child, right? I don't think he not that Nishak? I know of. Yeah, yeah I hope I want to check in. Pat Nishak lost his child, I believe. Uh, anyway, I thought that's where you're going with it. No. Uh, he collects baseball cards that are, are signed. Uh, he has a huge collection, and he, uh, you know, will go around and give a major league player, uh, you know, 10 cards, and the player will sign them. And he doesn't sell them or anything. He has a giant collection of these cards. And he gave Granky a stack of cards at the All-Star game, and Granky refused to sign the cards for Pat Nishak, where Pat Nishak actually took to Twitter asking him to sign them for him. Pat Neshek also will, if you send him any autograph of any player, he will send you back an autograph card. He's now on the Phillies, and he has the uh, starting pitcher there, Nick Pavetta, doing the same thing. If you send Nick Pavetta any autograph whatsoever, Nick Pavetta will si- uh, send you an autograph baseball card. And uh, unfortunately, I was right. Neshek did. Uh, he lost his child. Um, his, his baby was born and lived only 23 hours. I thought that's where you're going Terrible. with it. I actually thought it was going to be a nice story about Zach Granke, about something that he did for Pat Neshek. No, Granke's um, a <laughs> But uh, And actually under his uh, Wikipedia on Neshek, it says he collects baseball cards, and his 1970 top set is one of the best rated in the world. Um, anyway, yeah, his, his son, Garrick, uh, unfortunately, uh, six, almost six years ago, five years ago, didn't make it. So I, I don't want to – I only brought it up because I thought that's where you're going with the story. But uh, – uh, unfortunately, I was right about it. But can, let's continue on with uh, with the preview. Uh, you have the Giants being in fourth place. Uh, I think we all do. They're better than San Diego. It won't they, surprise me. They go. To they play. made some really weird moves. On, uh, but the thing that um, about it, before Mike gets into it, I know Mike always usually starts this, but you said you could see them only being a game or two behind Colorado. Yep. The Giants are going to make up 23 games on Colorado based on Andrew McCutcheon and Evan Longoria. And Bumgarner back for the full year. Yeah, but it's still once every five days. And these are games that they've lost within the division, obviously. So, I don't – the Giants are winning more than 64 games. Of course, but I'm saying they have to make up 23 games to get within, you know – they have to be 23 games better than last year. Well, you assuming know what? Colorado stays where Their they are. Their lineup looks a lot better with Longoria and McCutcheon in it. It really does. That was a bad lineup before. Now you, it helps out everybody else in the lineup, and their starting rotation is pretty good. Their rotation is okay. I mean, their bullpen's okay. 
Uh, I like the I like the Giants to bounce back. They're just a winning organization. They're not going to have two back to back terrible seasons. Well, Mike, talk to me about that uh, lineup and give it to us because I'm not so sure I like it. I've, they've got some good names that were great in 2012 and 13. I just don't know if they still have it anymore. So I like the Giants also, and I'll agree that I can see them fighting for third place, but I would have them fighting third place over Arizona, not Colorado. So uh, kind of agree, disagree there. Joe Panic leading off. Brandon Belt, guys, uh, batting second at first base. He battled concussions all the year last year, which you really didn't hear about. He said he couldn't sleep. He was becoming angry. It was a real serious issue. He said he's perfectly healthy this year. Look for him to bounce back. Then you have McCutcheon, Posey, Longoria, Crawford, Hunter Pence, and Austin Jackson, another move that they made, who eats up left-handed pitching. And they need him out there to cover center field because that outfield is old and cannot field a baseball. Uh, the rotation, Bumgarner, like you said, Vinny. Uh, Johnny Cueto, who is not going to have as bad as a year as he had last year. Look for him to bounce back somewhat. Jeff Samarja, the Shark, who I think he sucks, but he's there. Ty Block, Chris Stratton. They need another arm also. Again, uh, Cobb could fit anywhere. We talk about it. Uh, this would make a ton of sense also. The bullpen is what scares me. Mark Melanson, uh, who missed a lot of time last year, had surgery on his arm, has admittedly said he is not 100%. So uh, what are you doing if your closer is not 100% and you're going into opening day with Greg Holland just sitting out there? Yeah, and Holland is going to be probably him and Cobb it, 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 down to the end for them. Who, where are they going to go? Um, both of them would fit well in San Francisco. It's not going to happen. Um, that's just too many, too many old names in that lineup for me. I'm sorry. Even Buster Posey, as great as he is, and he's a Hall of Famer, um, and they've already transitioned him out of catcher to kind of save his knees, but eventually it's going to catch up with him. And I, I don't love them. I, I'm just not a, a lot big of professional hitters. There. Not you a big, a lot of, uh, yeah, right. just a lot of veterans. It's not a lot of uh, youth infused. And don't forget that ballpark um, triples alley, as you call it. It's going to be hard for some of these older guys to leg out those triples. That's why Austin Jackson's there. He better be uh, running all spring. Yeah. He's not that great though either. Austin Jackson, but I think the Giants definitely have a out there. this year. Um, and then the Padres, uh, we all have them finishing up in the rear of the NL West. Uh, not much to love about them. They did get Chase Headley back this offseason, so I guess that's exciting. Ooh. I guess that's exciting for their fans. Yeah, uh, a little blast from the past, and they overspent on uh, Hosmer. Who, not so uh, much in the blast part anymore. Well, <laughs> uh, Hosmer, who uh, we've all talked about all offseason long, and uh, you know he's going to go there, and he's basically going to be stuck in uh, Siberia. So we'll talk the lineup. Um, I think it's an underrated lineup. The pitching is what is a disaster. We'll get into that. Manuel Margot, top prospect last year, leading off. Chase Headley, who's back. Will Myers, Eric Cosmer, Jose Perilla, who I already mentioned to you guys. Austin Hedges could be a sleeper uh, catching-wise. Freddie Galvis, another big acquisition in the offseason for the Padres. And Carlos Asua at second base. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> uh, the rotation. Clayton Richard named the opening day starter. That's really all you need to know. But the we'll over. Go, we'll go further. Lamet, who I do like, uh, is just number two. Fernermo, Brian Mitchell, who I think they acquired from the Yankees, and they're going to use as a starter. Tyson Ross, who they're still hoping can bounce back at some point in his career. And then a couple others, Robbie Erlin, Colin Rhea. Um, this rotation is a disaster, and this will keep them in the basement of the NLS. Yeah, the Padres, uh, Eric Hosmer is not going to carry them anywhere. They are going to drop a step back because the Giants are healthier this year. Uh, they'll be the last place team. Uh, interesting place for Hosmer outside of his money. I don't see why he went there. Uh, the Padres are not good. That's an ugly rotation, Mike. That's an ugly lineup. I do like Margot. Uh, he, he's pretty good. He's, he's worth a fantasy look. But uh, outside of that, 
I don't really care too much for the Padres. I didn't even mention Hunter Renfro, which I'm surprised they don't have him in their projected lineup. That is incorrect. He will be starting uh, in that lineup somewhere. Maybe over the guy who you know. I think Perillo will play second. I think he can play second base. So I would think Ren- uh, Hunter Renfro goes in there, and uh, I would think Perillo then goes to second base. Yeah, not much to say about them. Uh, the only money, I mean, I guess there's a couple of fantasy guys, but you basically just named a bunch of pitchers that I've never heard of. And I might not uh, – I watch a lot of baseball. I do. I might not be where you are, Mike. You're actually, you're very knowledgeable. You know your stuff. Uh, they, they, I have not heard of some of those guys. I'm sorry. At the bottom of that rotation, yes, I've heard of Tyson Ross. I've heard of Denilson Lamette and Clayton Richard, Padormo. But the, the guys that are going to be making their spot starts and in their bullpen, they're terrible. These guys are going to be nothing. I agree with you. Um, this will just be a, a, a pesty, uh, yeah, like a pesty, pesty team. Uh, you know, maybe they, they win a game here and there against, uh, you know, the Rockies or the Cardinals or the, the Cubs, a better team, but they're not there yet. And I, I think you have to look at Eric Hosmer as Jason Worth at the Nationals years ago. The Nationals had to overpay for Jason Worth, and that contract just came off the books. And I think you're seeing it now with the Padres. If we want to be good, we're going to have to overpay for that one guy, that Eric Hosmer. The Knicks did it with Amari. Uh, you know, you have to overpay to bring that first guy here and, and kind of try and change the culture. And that worked with the Knicks. They just Got Carmelo Anthony. Worked for the Nationals, too. Yeah. That's definitely a good way of going about it. All right. So, over-unders, Vinny, uh, give us the team. Mike and I will get the guests. And uh, you said this is tough, so I'm uh, ready for the challenge. Goon, you got the pad and paper out? Already. All right. Or actually, the pad is the paper, so it would be the pad. We're going to start from the bottom to the top. San Diego Padres. Now we're here. 69 and a half. They won 71 last year. I say 70. Over. 69 and a half. Somebody's going to be getting beaten up in that division, and that's San Diego. I'm going to go on to. They won 71 games this year. I would have to say they guess, right? you got to guess these numbers. So, oh, yeah, I'll let you guess. I'm sorry. All right, Fine. so I'm going to go with the over for San Diego as well. So Mike and Vinny over, me under. Rockies, what do you think it is? Uh, so they won 87 last year, Mike. Um, 85 and a half. I'm going to say 86 and a half. I'm going to put them right where they were last year. The Rockies are 82. Wow. Wow. Well, that means Mike and I are going over. Yeah, I'll take the over. And I'm going under. Okay. Giants, right? Giants, 81 and a half. They won oh 64 God. games last year. <laughs> 64 games. To, uh, I mean, I was I was going to guess 78 since uh, you clearly suck at this game today. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to. I'm going to go under as well. I am not as on the Giants as much as the two of you are. What's the number? 81 and a half. Um, I have them fighting for – kind of fighting for – I'm going to go under. Even though I said they might be fighting for third, maybe that's only in the beginning of the year. I I'm think they go, go under. I'm going under as well. So the three of us sucks. are going under on the Giants. Uh, well, Arizona won 93 last year. Mike, uh, what do you think their over-under is this year? 86 and a half. Colorado's down to 82, and the Giants are up to 81. Um, I'm going to say 84 and a half. You guys are right in between. It's 85 and a half. So, um, good guessing. Figures. They won 93 games last year. I'm on the over. Under. I would say I'm on the under, too, but I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't touch that. That's, I, I'm, I'm going to... God, that's right on. Um, I'll go under just because I was very anti-Arizona, and that stays consistent. There you go. Got to respect the consistency. You're both wrong, though. 
L A D. They won 104 last year. Um, one, 104 wins last year. This is the most interesting uh, one. What do you think? 97 and a half. 95 and a half. 96 and a half. You're both in between again. <laughs> I mean, we keep doing this. And I'm going to take the over. Uh, I'll take the under. I'm going to go under as well. There's I think a lot the of unders in this division. The division's a little more competitive this year. For it them. is, but uh, it was 96 and a half, you said? What did they do against the division last year? Does it show on that? Uh, I, uh, can t- I can find I it out. I bet their right record now. is astonishing how good it was. It's not going to be as good as it was. <laughs> that division's a lot better than it was last year. Even though two teams made the wild card last year, I just think the Giants are back and the Padres are they're better than they were last year, even though even though they still suck. Well, let's just let it go down. They let's last see. year were twenty uh twenty wow, not bad. Forty one and thirty five versus the West. Hmm. They were Arizona barely, was forty five and thirty one. They were barely five hundred that means against the rest of the major leagues, they only lost twenty three baseball games. Wow. Twenty three. Sixteen and four interleague play. 23 and 9 against the Central. That's what they really cleaned up. And 24 and 10, which is they also cleaned up against the East. So against the rest of the National League, they went 47 and 19. They had that huge stretch in uh, July where they just they also had a game. really bad stretch in September. Was we, it, right? Yeah, they started they cooled down big time September. They were we were talking about the 98 Yankees and the 2001 Mariners with them at one point in the season. So they they pretty much were 500 against the division. And still won 104 games. That surprises games. me, honestly. I'm still going on. So I like my over. I like my over on that one. 11:51 over the top sports radio. Just wrapping up this show. We're going to be with you guys live again on Monday. Uh, anything else, the guys uh, in the NL West? Uh, most important player. We like to try to do at least. I try. I like to get your guys' take on that. I'm going to go Clayton Kershaw because we talked about the rest of their uh, the rest of their rotation being injury riddled. Not that great, at least uh, as far as what we think they're going to do. Um, and if he doesn't have a great year or if he somehow gets hurt early in the season, I could see the Dodgers really struggling uh, pitching uh, as far as uh, winning that division. I agree with you. I think it has to be Clayton Kershaw. Uh, yeah, I know we don't like that rotation very much outside of Kershaw. The Dodgers, we kind of ripped it. Uh, but I'm going to go with Johnny Cueto. If there's any hope for these Giants to be good, they need him to go back to uh, his form as a number two. I expect Bumgarner to bounce back. He had the freak accident last year on a motorcycle. Cueto, he was he wasn't hurt or anything. He might have got banged up on the DL once or twice, but he needs to get back to the old Johnny Cueto form. If the Giants are going to ever take the next step, getting and, back to and if San Diego wants to get the seventy-two wins, uh, Denilson Lamette needs to be a good number two. Um, the other name, Arizona, Archie Bradley, the top prospect, was a starter. Now he's in the pen. He easily should be the closer, but they're debating whether not to use him as the closer because they want him in that Andrew Miller role where they can bring him in at any inning to face the best part of the other team's lineup. Just a name to keep an eye on because he, at some point, should be closing. And uh, either way, he's a great arm to have in fantasy in your bullpen. We'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, uh, anybody that has any fantasy baseball questions, that's where we started last year. Big Mike was at – uh, that's where we built a lot of our following on Twitter and a lot of uh, engagements with you guys. So if you're watching, if you're listening, if you're listening on Blog Talk, even if you're not listening live and you're listening to us on iTunes on Blog Talk, um, any questions that you have about fantasy baseball, Mike gets uh, some very good advice. Go, he throws some names out there without you asking a question. So give us a follow at Over the Top Sport on Twitter. Um, and, of course, you can always call in, ask the show, tweet us on the show, or ask us on Facebook Live, and uh, you're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of help for fantasy baseball because that's one of our bread and butter uh, areas to help you guys out with. So uh, 
What division uh, Monday? What do we do Monday? Um, we want to keep the East for Saturday, I would say. So let's yeah, pick, uh, don't forget, I got hockey Monday. So uh, this is between you two. I can't sit here. I think we're only up to the East. I think it's only left. Um, we, we did the NL West today. We did uh, AL West. We did AL Central. We did NL Central. We did NL so, is that, so there's the only East. one division left? All right. We'll do the East. We could do the East. Uh, you could do it Monday without we'll be me. We'll wearing the blue hat, not this green Yankee hat. I will so have on a Chris Dale jersey. <laughs> you could do it without me. I will, once again, I'll, I'll send you uh, my over-under picks and my division ratings. I can tell you right now, Baltimore is an under, no matter what that <laughs> number is. With no. Trumbo hurt and uh, Chris Davis hurt, that team is in the shitter. Big-time trade in my keeper league, Mike. I alluded to it. Uh, we texted earlier. Yeah. I traded uh, Wilson Contreras and... Manny Machado for Chris Sale and Carly Woods Juniors. We have uh, holds in our league. Uh, a lot of people ripping me for that trade, but I do have Gary Sanchez and Josh Donaldson, so I can afford to lose both of these guys. And my starting pitcher, my best pitcher is Sonny Gray. I need pitching bad in this league. Is this a pre-draft trade, or is this? did you guys already draft? This is a keeper league pre-draft trade. Okay. I'm fine with the trade. I really am. I wish you got somebody better than Carl Edwards. Uh, but, again, you needed the starting pitcher. You had to pay up for it. You just better hope that Donaldson, the uh, the bringer of rain, as he likes to call himself on Twitter, can stay healthy. And you know what? He had, 30, will be, he had 33 home runs last year and what was a bad year for him. Sale will be a beast. So you got your ace. And uh, you had no reason to keep Contreras. You're not going to start Contreras in the outfield. If you're not using him a catcher, you're not using right. him. Right. I traded uh, Contreras, who's going to platoon at my utility, and I traded my utility player, Machado. Right. It's a good trade. And you got some drafts coming up this week. You guys got your big draft tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is your draft in person? Is it live? This is it a live draft? Person. Nothing more We're fun than a live draft. At the, at the Vinny Compound? We're doing it at the Vinny Compound, as people like to call it, or do you like to call it? Um, well, I, <laughs> I was going to use your last name, but I don't, I don't know what the rules are. Uh, yeah. you know, is Horsey going to make an appearance? I, I think so. I think he should be there. Uh, he was away last year, and I know yeah. uh, Mike and Jimmy were a little upset about that. But it should be fun. I have the sixth pick. I don't know who to really expect. I have an idea. Big Mike is down there nice and low at 11 of 12. Uh, we're sitting pretty. So who, you got Keep an idea who you're going down there? We have a good idea. We're going to go with uh, the two best players at our position. We will not give <laughs> anything away this year. And Pete, we are coming for blood. And there is an innings <laughs> limit, Mike. You need to throw 30 innings. Uh, uh, you and Pete pronounced it wrong. You're both idiots. It's minimum. There is a minimum. If there was a limit, we would have been fine. <laughs> right. It's a minimum. So There's a big I, difference between right. limit and minimum. You yeah, might opposite. want to look into that. Pete says it all the time, and he tries to make a joke, but he's really just a moron mispronouncing. <laughs> there is a minimum, and that's what we didn't hit last Why are you getting so crazy about it, Mike? Well, he's been crazy about this since September. <laughs> Coming People from don't forget. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just telling Pete right now that he was just ripped on over the top. I know Pete's a big listener, but uh, that should be fun. Your guys' league will probably be the one that we have to talk about throughout the season. Um, we'll because recap you're both, on Monday. You're but... both in it. I like to see how the dra- – it's a very competitive league. It is. Uh, a lot of trades, a lot of keepers. I actually had a chance to get in it last year, but I just couldn't get in it. Uh, I couldn't do the draft. You guys did a live draft on a Sunday that I couldn't get off. And uh, kind of bummed about it, but I'll probably save the money because, you know, what? these guys are pretty damn good, and it's not a cheap league. I will uh, just say – High stake league, yep. Um, I told you when we joined that we were going to be competitive, and you said, oh, this is such a tough league, such a tough league. If that inning thing didn't happen, we won the championship because we kept track of the stats against the championship well, team. Well, for somebody we so competitive, won he didn't the read the league. Little Peter has just joined us on Facebook Live. <laughs> Why am I getting ripped? What do you think, Pete? We're talking fantasy baseball. We're talking your draft tomorrow. And between, Big Mike is sitting next to me. There's a difference between being competitive and being illiterate. 
So let's just put that out there. Also. He's saying that you don't know what an innings minimum is and that you always call it a limit. And he says that you are the stupid idiot of the week and the year for it. And he hasn't forgotten. And he's coming out for blood and he won't give you any hints. I'm also, you know off. what I'm going to say? I'm going to say the other guy on that team is the brains of that team, too. I think Pete is oh! overrated. <laughs> and that other kid that wore the glasses last year that I don't know his name off the top of my head, he's the brains of that team. Uh, we also call him brain dead retards. So, well, he's uh, got the brains of that team, so put it like that. Uh, well, also, I think you shouldn't join a league without reading the league settings with the rules. Oh, so. uh, we were fine the whole year except the one week. That was important. I'll say this. It was, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, when you get to September, you got to know. If you're in two, you should know in April. If you're in two Yahoo leagues and they're both different, sometimes you get them mixed up. If I had a little more help from my co-captain, uh, then I would oh, focus on it. Oh, getting ripped, for, too. For the king, for the king of fantasy too. baseball, this guy's making up a whole lot of excuses and pointing the finger everywhere except for himself. Oh, I took the blame. It was on me. But I, I just wouldn't have done that to somebody that I knew. I've said that also. Now – was that while we were away in uh, in Minnesota? Was that? No, it, it was right. At, so Minnesota was after it because I heard about it. I'm not. I'm sorry, Dallas. Dallas. It was. It was after Dallas, right? Because you were talking Dallas. about. Because Dallas was week one of the NFL. So what round were you eliminated? Because that's around playoffs. We were around, I think the it was around week one of the NFL. We were around. Uh, it was the uh, right before the championship. It was that round. If we had started Kluber that Sunday, we would have been in the championship. I went to bed Sunday thinking we were going to be in the championship because it showed us winning. And then the next day, uh, it had taken off the, the uh, ERA, the whip, the um, whatever else. All the pitching didn't count. And you relied on your opponent to give you the information. And Pete, of all people, Pete, uh, your teammate on No Pants Dance, where you guys rip each other every time you're on Xbox, and you relied on this guy? I thought we were uh, we were above that. So it's safe to say Big Mike did not do his homework. Yeah, yeah well, maybe that's why. That is maybe if you weren't reading Rick Peterson's book and you were reading your fantasy league, because that Rick Peterson work uh, book, you know, did a lot once we got cut off that day on the internet. That's fine. That is a whole other season, guys. We'll so, um, can you manipulate the schedule where these guys have like a, a matchup, like in like week twenty-one or something? I would love to create a rivalry week and easily pair them together as the rivals. I look forward to. If there's any trash talking tomorrow, I want it up on the Over the Top Sports Network. Okay, Gasper, thanks for joining us. 11:59 and saying woo, woo Jets, but we did talk about the Jets. If you want to go back, Gasper, it's our earlier in the show. We did a whole lot on the Jets. We don't have a lot of time left on Block Talk. Um, good luck to both you guys in the draft. Um, Pete says you're the stupid idiot of the week for not le- uh, reading the league settings. Um, and good luck to you, Pete, as well in the draft. I hope that you guys may meet up in the finals this coming year. No offense to you, just for the content on the show. Um, last thoughts for Block Talk, guys. Bracket busters. Let's see how it goes uh, for round two. Big round two this weekend. March Madness. Gotta love it. A lot of good soccer today. It's more to bet on, guys. Uh, if you're not into the uh, college basketball scene like I, there is plenty of good soccer to bet on. And Goon, you need to download some kind of like <laughs> snoring sound, some or like a lullaby sound uh, for now on. Anytime Mike brings up soccer, you could it. just do the. Money's money, right? Oh, it's not. That's close, too. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in on Block Talk. Um, Final thoughts from me. Good luck to you guys on Monday night with the show. I'll be playing hockey once again, but then I'll be back for the long run. Baseball starting in a couple weeks. Good luck with the rest of you guys on your brackets. And uh, good luck to the guys in that fantasy baseball draft. And don't draft a quarterback, New York Giants. That's how I'm going to end every show between now and the NFL draft. So have a good afternoon, everybody.
Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.